With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Aesthetic Insider Radio. This is your host, Angela O'Mara. Today's segment talks about Leonardo da Vinci's effect on today's facial aesthetics. And our guest, Lawrence Rifkin DDS of Beverly Hills, a cosmetic dentist, is um, both a cosmetic dentist and a sculptor and has lots of information to share with our listeners about how he feels Leonardo da Vinci has truly had an, affa- an effect on facial aesthetics from both the dentist point of view and in the world of facial aesthetics and plastic surgery. Dr. Rivkin, welcome to Aesthetic Insider Radio. Well, thank you, Angela. It's really nice to be back on your show again. This is a fantastic topic that uh, doesn't normally come up except when I perform my uh, little lecture series. Uh, I like to incorporate art into the uh, art of cosmetic dentistry and surgery and see how those things can blend together because I've had a strong background in art. Absolutely. Well, before we get going, I have loads of questions to ask you, of course, about how you feel Leonardo has had such an effect um, on facial aesthetics. But if you wouldn't mind, just to you know, take a couple of seconds to uh, just tell our listeners you know, about you, your background, and perhaps a little more about the sculpting that you do. Oh, sure. Uh, you know, before I was a dentist, when I was in college, I was actually an art major. So I studied uh, all forms and all media and art and uh, began a foundation of being able to see artistically and be able to create. I always had this kind of creative model-making childhood, and I always loved to look at things and their beauty and try to analyze them and figure them out. So my background uh, before dentistry was actually in art. I was an art major in college, and uh, from there, eventually I actually found uh, my ability to enjoy dentistry through my uncle's practice and worked in his laboratory, and I found I could combine the art skills that I had acquired in college and apply them into a new profession, which I thought was very exciting, which was dentistry. And uh, from there, my career has uh, proceeded with giving lectures, and from giving lectures, uh, I had to learn a lot to become an, uh, you know, sort of a forever student of both art and dentistry. So the combination of the background of art and the precision um, creativity and health field uh, seemed to be a a very, very natural blend together. And as I got further into my career in more and more cosmetics and studying with uh, plastic surgeons, uh, I was able to really look at smiles and faces in a new light and and build them from a different perspective. And so, you know, my career has uh, started in uh, dental school at USC and and from there, in the last 40 years, I've built uh, my my practice with passion and a team that uh, 
was able to really, uh, I really enjoy what I do. And I'm, of course, here in Beverly Hills, and I have a number of uh, team members that work as specialists both in, in dentistry and in plastic surgery, as well as my laboratory technicians that really uh, make my life a joy. So I, I don't really work anymore. I just, I, I do dentistry full-time, so I don't consider it work. I actually, it's, it's a playtime. I enjoy it. It's one of my passions, and it's an art form that uh, I really enjoy. That's great, that's great. Well, let's talk about da Vinci. And in what way, um, Dr. Rifkin, do you feel Leonardo da Vinci has inspired or impacted today's aesthetics, both from a dental point of view and then especially in facial plastic surgery? Well, you know, uh, Leonardo da Vinci, if uh, anybody has ever studied him, even lightly knows what he is a, a master um, in so many areas, we call him a polymath. He's a genius. He was a genius, born in, uh, I think, the 1400s, 1452, somewhere in there. And uh, he learned early life being an apprentice for another artisan that his skills of observation, his natural curiosity, led him to look at the world in a different light. And uh, he's very inspirational. He made a very, very strong impact on in many areas of life, both from the artistic uh, observation of beauty to mathematics to becoming an inventor of many different objects you know helicopters flying machines war machines uh, bridges and just so creative and so inventive but it, when it applies to medicine he actually studied the human body so thoroughly which was unheard of in his time he made hundreds of drawings of dissections before we had you know obviously cameras uh, we, he did dissections on approximately maybe over 30 corpses which <laughs> to the dismay of the church at the time uh, he, he performed this and did hundreds of drawings and this today still are used as references to understand the anatomy of the human body and by doing so he understands more about how it functions how it works and even its general proportions and you know combining that knowledge of the internal structure of the human body being able to document that being able to measure proportions he also uh, took his artistic skills and be able to document the norms of body proportions facial proportions and uh, from there he created ideal norms as well and that is a major major impact on uh, medicine today he also just uh, from a standpoint philosophically you know most of the time in the world in those days uh, knowledge was passed on uh, based upon opinion or philosophy from Greeks and Romans biblical references, and so there was no scientific process. He was one of the first to really stimulate the thought of of, uh, being able to analyze something without bias. He would take an observation, just record it down, and then afterwards figure out why it worked and how it worked rather than just assuming something was the way it was. So he was very empirical, and he really started the scientific process of evidence-based thinking. So you really have to prove it to be able to believe it. So that's a major, major change in, in the world today of medicine and how we think and how we become inventive and creative and, and be honest about it. And then what would you say, you know, from the principles that Leonardo da Vinci applied to his work, um, how do you feel they apply to facial aesthetics as we know it today? Well, you know, his principles were in his recording of observations of average and ideal norms for the face and body proportions. Again, he created thousands of drawings of facial expressions, and this is a reference, again, for how we look at faces. 
In other words, if we look at someone's face and we see some sort of disharmony or asymmetry, we know what the norm should be for, for general facial aesthetics for a human face or a human body. And by doing so, you have a reference point of how to recreate or improve the existing uh, blemish in someone's face or body. And uh, this applies to dentistry as well. We uh, look at the, the teeth in a certain proportion, then we look at the gum tissue, and of course I look at the surrounding lips and the entire face because I want the smiles to be appropriate for the patient's individual unique face. And so teeth have great variation and so does the gum tissue and lips, and they're all elements of facial aesthetics and the body uh, features that should work in harmony like an artistic composition. And uh, Leonardo's references of facial norms, body uh, proportions are absolutely landmark in the start of understanding the human body and how we look at the face and body. Now, do you, um, do you feel mm -hmm. accurate measurement is important to facial dimension and harmony? And if so, how do you actually use it? Oh, you know, you have to have a starting point. You have to be able to measure something. So accurate me measurements are critical when I analyze a face and the spatial dimensions and, and its harmony of all the features, as I said. Uh, you know, utilizing artistic visualization skills and being able to evaluate symmetry and balance and weight in an artistic sense is really important, but you have to measure it. So utilization of uh, technology that we have, obviously, today, photographs, we have computer digital and sometimes skeletal uh, CD CT scans along with uh, three-dimensional models are essential in the design and treatment and execution as well to create a predictable aesthetic result. You know, that's why I employ all of these technologies in my analysis and in treatment planning. You know, an architect wouldn't ever build a masterpiece without a solid plan and looking at the foundation and build it from the inside out. We do the same thing with the body. It's our, our, our own medium, which uh, we look at the skeletal system inside, the muscles on top of that, and the skin and how that drapes over these structures. That creates the final outlying form and aesthetic uh, outcome that uh, we want to achieve. So we have to understand it from the inside out. And, uh, you know, you know, there's also importantly, you know, you can measure accurately, but you also have to allow for natural, subtle variation in facial aesthetics because patients have their own particular taste and uh, is what they like. And also there is a variation in, in age or gender or uh, your basic uh, facial type. There is all kinds of beauty, and, but there's a generality that you start with by accurate measurements, and then you have to know where to vary and adapt it to the patient's particular face and, and uh, uh, aesthetic sense. So, you know, I, my desire for, for aesthetic sense is to show and educate my patients, not tell them. I created design through uh, visualization of the problems and solutions with photos, computer images, and real models of the anticipated results. So it takes a lot of the anxiety in creating a smile for the patients because we go through all this design process. It's formal, it's, it's very efficient because it's a system that I, I've somewhat created for my practice over the last 40 years. It's my sort of a system of aesthetic predictability, or I call it, I kind of made an acronym called the SOAP system, the system of aesthetic predictability. You know, some of my patients call it the Rifkin method, but you know, the point is, is to not skip any steps. Accurate measurements are essential and then you have to follow a step-by-step -step process, and Da Vinci happened to start that with giving us a good reference point for facial proportions. Mm, that's great. That's great. What is your favorite mm -hmm. piece of Da Vinci art? Oh, my goodness. You know, 
<laughs> there are so many. He was one of the most prolific artists of, of uh, all time. You know, he's so well known. You know, uh, there are many other great artists, but if you look at his body of works from being an, an inventor, his drawings, uh, his simple line drawings to his magnificent fresco paintings, uh, the Mona Lisa, one of the most and probably the most famous painting of all time. Uh, it's hard to really choose, but so pieces of artwork actually affect the viewer by touching their heart and, and, and soul in some ways. I, I absolutely love one of his self-portraits, a simple, simple line drawing of his face. And if you study this and just stare into his eyes and his facial uh, expression, you can see into his mind and soul. You can see how thoughtful and creative and observant he was. And to me, that's the essence of what we're, we're really all about, to observe life and beauty. And uh, Da Vinci said that, you know, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. And I, and I think that's really, really true. Really break mm -hmm. it down. Look simply. Take a moment to really observe. And that's what he really promoted, to really take a look at the world around you. Stop looking through it so quickly. And uh, he found beauty in every, I don't care if it was an ant or the tongue of a woodpecker or in the water, the way it falls and hits into a pool of, of, uh, of a lake. He was a, a great observer of nature, and I think that's one of his major attributes. It was He promoted observation and, and absorbing the, the, um, the impact of beauty, really appreciating it. You know, I find that, um, I really like that when you said, you know, art you you kind of you know it hits you in the heart um mm -hmm. therefore right. you know when you say how you, how passionate you are about what you do as a dentist obviously you know you do everything from the heart which i think is is kind of one of the many things today's society is really searching for in all of their work you know many people in their work is to find a passion for what they do and i think the old right. saying is if you if you find a job that you love you'll never work a day again in your life, you know, uh, right. sounds like you, exactly. you, you found that secret. Well, I, I happen to have found it. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's really been a blessing to me to be able to combine my passion for art and beauty with doing something that I can actually interact with patients and, and become who become my friends and, and uh, family, so to speak, and be able to make yeah. them happy. Uh, it's and and do what I love to do. I mean, as I, like you said, if uh, I found something that uh, I love to do, I don't I don't have to work anymore. I just come to my office and my practice and my extended family and enjoy my my day. Just being able to be creative and be helpful and interact with my patients. It's a lot of fun. You know, I'm I'm blessed. I, I truly am blessed. And I'm grateful for that. That's great. That's great. Well, no, I I also understand, um, Dr. Rifkin, that you sculpt yourself. You are an artist yourself in your non-work time. Do you find that? And, and I would like for you to talk a little bit more about about your sculpting and and how you, you know, how, how that helps you with not just the understanding of the human face, um, but how it also helps you be a better a better dentist. Um, so can we just talk about your art for a little bit? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, um, I gained my my passion for the the human body when I was studying art in college, and I actually became a uh, a teacher's assistant in human anatomy because you know drawing the human form, looking from the inside out is critical because you may see a a bump on the shoulder or the elbow, and you know that's not just skin. There's actually bone and muscle beneath it. So. Understanding the deeper layers and the impact on the external surface is really critical. And for me, my early experience with sculpting uh, enabled me to see more deeply into a structure. I don't care whether it's a tree or a human body, but uh, when you certainly are performing 
dentistry or cosmetic surgery, you have to be aware of all the different structures. I couldn't be the dentist I am today or feel that I am without this background knowledge. I sculpt out of both passion and it also enables me to become a better um, dentist, you know, and helping my patients and creating better outcomes and understanding the impact of what I do and have a better treatment plan. You know, I build my sculptures from the inside out. I build a skeleton first, then I put on the muscles, and I put on the skin. In the same way in dentistry and probably in plastic surgery, too, we should be looking at the skeletal system underneath. You know, if a patient has a bad bite, we need to correct the skeletal system as well as the teeth, which also has an impact on the facial structure and the smile itself. Um, Sculpting is basically drawing in three dimensions. So drawing is sort of the shorthand of observation and design, and being able to draw uh, is uh, the quick study and sketch of design and creativity. The sculpting is the creation of it, and understanding building it from the inside out creates the most optimal um, final result that you can achieve. You know, I studied both in college and then later on I actually took a month off of my practice and studied full-time in France. I studied in a barn creating different sculptures uh, with other uh, students, and we had an amazing time building structures from the inside out. And, you know, I learned to appreciate anatomy even more so, not just from an artistic standpoint, but also how I can help my patients. So I couldn't really practice dentistry the way I do without um, that experience. And sculpting to me is, is so important. That's why I really promote it um, to dentists and plastic surgeons to take courses in art and sculpture. I actually give, have given courses of drawing and sculpting to physicians and dentists and laboratory technicians to be able to develop the observational skills to look at an object and see it differently, see it from the inside out, almost three-dimensionally, and be able to create it because, you know, the hands are, all of our hands are pretty similar in their ability. Most people think, well, I don't have an artistic skill or I'm not really artistic. It's really not true. It's really learning to see because the hand will follow what the mind sees. And that's really, really important. Uh, you know, Da Vinci uh, said that as well. He uh, he had a great uh, saying, which let's see what comes to my mind. Uh, something about uh, the world is yours, or you can become the lord of the universe because if you learn to see, your hands will follow, and you can become creative that way. Uh, it's probably not a great uh, rendition of his quote. But uh, it's, it's, it's really, really true, and uh, sculpture has, has, has helped me a lot, and I've suggested, I strongly suggested for any physician or dentist that wants to be as cosmetic as possible and continue to learn to take courses in drawing and in sculpting. I give them, but uh, certainly there's many courses around the world that you can go to and develop these skills. Yeah, I think that's great. Now, how... Um uh, how, like, do you sculpt on the weekend? You know, how do you, how do you incorporate your sculpture into your life? Is it something that you have to be inspired, you know, on a Saturday morning, or how do you how do you work mm. your sculpture? I know you have a very busy <laughs> schedule. 
Well, you know, it's it, when you enjoy doing it, you make time. You find time. It's uh, you, you find time to exercise and go to the gym and go for a walk and go to the movies. But if you enjoy it just as much, uh, you'll find time. I, of course, I do it in the weekends and evenings, most of the time on the weekends. You know, um, all day long in my particular profession, I'm sculpting. I'm sculpting all day long. I'm shaping teeth. I'm shaping smiles, um, forming lips, and I'm working with other team members to look at the entire face. So. Uh, I, you know, it's it's not easy during the day because I have a full-time uh, profession, but I am sculpting during the day. And when I do my artistic pieces, it's usually in the weekends, and and uh, and I find time is very very relaxing. Sometimes I do it in the evening, but I don't want to start in my evenings because the time passes so quickly I won't even go to sleep, and, <laughs> and all of a sudden the, the sun rises and I've got to go to work. So I usually save that for the weekend. Yeah, yeah. You know, I did. Um, I I I saw recently that you know your your Facebook feed comes through my Facebook feed, and I I did see something recently about the lip reproduction system that you created, and how you created that system 20 years ago. You know, which was way before even fillers and lip injections were nearly as popular as they are today in the world of aesthetics. And and I feel like you know, looking at this 3D lip. You, you really incorporated a lot of the da Vinci measurement, psychology. You know, there's, there's so many aspects of, of da Vinci's effect that I feel went into your mm-hmm. lip replica. And if we can just chat about what that is for a moment, I think that would be great oh, for our listeners. Absolutely, sure. Um, laboratories, uh, before I had my laboratory right here in my office, you know, um, working slightly remotely with which at that time, this is actually 25 years ago, Angela, I published an, an article. 25 in years, wow. 25 years ago, I know. Um, and I actually work with my laboratory technician who had Da Vinci Laboratory. How about that? That's very interesting. Uh, but we, uh, we published on an article with a lip replica uh, creation so that we would take impressions of a patient's lips and uh, accurately position them over the anticipated smile and teeth. Let's say we're going to do six or ten veneers on a patient to improve their smile. We want to make certain that the, the veneers are accurately positioned, shaped, formed, uh, to the patient's face. You know, every face has a vertical and a horizontal component as well as the curvature of the smile. So these are the basic elements that create harmony of the teeth to the lips and the face. We don't want to see uh, teeth that are slightly off angle. We call the vertical is not correct, that the teeth are off and they don't fit the face and the lips that surround them, sort of the frame of the, the composition of the teeth, they're not in alignment. So the lip replica is a, a three-dimensional reference point for a laboratory technician or myself to either wax sculpt the teeth or create the ceramics. So this is a, another technique that ensures facial harmony and smile harmony. Also, the size of the lips, and everybody's different, uh, enabled us to sort of proportion the teeth to the existing lips. You know, obviously, since then, We've had injectables to improve lip symmetry or lip volume. And so now if we understand that we can not only uh, change the teeth and the gum tissue, but we can also alter the lip form, we can also have another um, enhancement, an adjunct therapy to improve patients' facial features. You know, I've performed many uh, injectables and lip form changes on patients that had pretty lips. Maybe they were too thin. They needed more volume relative to the rest of their features. So we're just trying to harmonize the features of the teeth, the gums, and the lips together. The lip replica was the first early reference in saying, 
how can anybody remotely create teeth in harmony with the face by just photographs? You really have to try them in. So again, what I do today is I don't necessarily do the lip replica because I have my laboratory here, but I have between my photographs and computer design, I can create teeth that are in harmony by creating perfect provisionals or temporary veneers and correct them and align them. And then I just duplicate that in the final ceramics so that there really is no anxiety for the patient. There is great predictability of the outcome. And we get to test drive the, the, the veneers before we actually make the ceramic ones by making really beautiful temporaries. Temporaries are really, really important. They're like the model prototype for the final, final result. And, you know, the lip replica that uh, we published on back in 1993 uh, was the ability to observe how important it was to harmonize teeth with the lips and the face. And so that was the, the early innovation that was uh, really exciting. And uh, that's, uh, I've always had my mind set on looking at total facial harmony. You can make pretty teeth uh, one for one patient, but they won't fit in another patient's face. So you really have to be very customized, very uh, specific to each individual patient's face and needs. Absolutely. Now, you know, with um, Da Vinci, you know, just so far, as you mentioned earlier, you know, I mean, as well as being a painting and a sculptor, I mean, he was, you know, a technological innovator and conceptualized, I mean, everything from flying machines, armored machines, solar, sure. you know, calculators, right. adding machines. Um, now, what's your take on that? And, and do you feel that you are able to bring that type of diverse approach to aesthetics, and, and do you think that's something that other aesthetic providers may also have that artistic bent themselves? That's a fantastic question because sometimes we get lost in the concept of cosmetics without considering health and function. They all go together. <clears throat> Excuse me. Leonardo da Vinci, being the polymath genius that he was, so accomplished in so many different areas, mathematically, architecturally, artistically, dissection, thought, philosophically, he was able to bring it all together. And as dentists, and probably as surgeons, orthopedic surgeons, cosmetic surgeons, we need to be mindful of the interaction and the interrelationship of everything. Cosmetics is not just to be pretty. Cosmetics is a form of, of health, creating symmetry and balance and proper function. You know, a dentist is more like an architect than we are just a pure artist. We have to make things function. They not only have to be beautiful, but we have to be able to eat with these restorations of our teeth. We have to be able to speak properly. We have to have proper phonetics. And then also, our dentistry must support oral and systemic health. You know, we are... Our, one of our goals, one of our foundational goals in dentistry is to eliminate stress on the teeth from grinding and clenching and bruxing and breaking teeth, making sure that the jaws function properly, and also not eliminate bacteria, which cause so many different problems, not only orally, but systemically. The bacteria around our teeth actually cause gum disease, they cause bone loss, they cause decay, and they also have an, a strong, strong relationship between systemic diseases, uh, arterial sclerosis and heart attacks and pulmonary embolisms and strokes, because the same bacteria that's in our mouth enter through the portal of the gum tissue into our bloodstream, and they position themselves in other parts of the body and wreak havoc there as well. So... When it comes down to, back to your question about what about Da Vinci, his ability to apply not only beauty but beauty to function. As an inventor, he had to not only make it look beautiful, but it had to work. And in dentistry, we have to make things work. And that's where I think Da Vinci had strong philosophical, strong abilities in both his uh, ability to be creative 
and see the mechanical aspect of it and look deeper into the total meaning of the beauty, not just was it proportional or was it symmetric. It had to work. And so I could I could go on for days and days about Leonardo da Vinci and, and many other artists, but I think he was pivotal, pivotal in creating a better world for us to build on science, um, our philosophy, and uh, build structures that not only are beautiful but actually function well, and they have to last as, as well as that. So that's these are all of of, of our dentist dentistry and goals of cosmetics also have to be built upon a foundation of health and function and predictability and longevity as well. So, you know, people don't want to do it once sometimes. They certainly don't want to do it twice. So we have to get it right the first time. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. We know, Dr. Rifkin, we only have a couple of minutes left on the show, and I really would mm-hmm. like, you know, for our listeners to know, you know if they have any questions or they would like to reach you or learn more about you or about your sculpting, um, how would they go about um, contacting you? Well, they can certainly reach me uh, through my website. And our websites, I have uh, actually three websites. I have one, which is my sculpting website, which is just fun. It shows a lot of my pieces. It's called RifkinSculpture.com or www.R-I-F-K-I-N-S-C-U-L-P-T-U-R-E.com, RifkinSculpture.com. My dental practice website, which is Dr. Lawrence Rifkin, Lawrence spelled with a U, so it's D-R-L-A-U-R-E-N-C-E. R-I-S-K-I-N dot com. So that's my practice and uh, my dental practice. And I have another adjacent one, which is uh, sort of a more, um, I don't want to say VIP uh, suite. It's uh, more privacy for those that require or desire a more private aspect to consultation for their face and their teeth. I have a separate suite, a private call, Suite 1200. So it's www.suite. 1200.com. And those are the best ways to reach me. Um, and I'm happy to answer calls over the phone. We can do actually online FaceTime, uh, Skype types of consultations. And uh, my office phone number is 310-273-0200. And I'd be happy to have my fantastic staff, really, who are just like family. They, they love all our patients, and uh, we, uh, we enjoy working together. They really care about care about uh, patients' needs. And so you can reach me in any one of those ways. I think that would be great. I'd be happy to speak with anybody. Well, Dr. Rifkin, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, You know, this is, you know, I've had you on the show several times in the past, and you're always such a fascinating guest. And and I really love that we were able to touch on this this aspect of art, which I do feel is so important to to aesthetics. Um, So thank you so much for being on Aesthetic Insider Radio. Yeah, it's absolutely my pleasure, and I really enjoy the fact that you are a great vehicle and promoter to gather the team concept of dentists and physicians working together for the best benefit to the patients. You know, you're really helping the public by promoting this interaction and team approach to uh, cosmetics. I really thank you for that and allowing me to share with your audience. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, and have a great day, Dr. Rifkin. You too, Angela. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.